Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Today, inshallah, I, you know, often we go through challenges and difficulties in our life. And subhanAllah, I get calls day in, day out that we have this challenge, that challenge. And first of all, we have to understand, people often ask, why me? Why am I going through challenges? And the very first answer, or the first thing that comes to my mind when I, when, when I hear people say this is, this is part of being a Muslim. That we will have to go through challenges. But those challenges will either bring the best out of us, or it will show the true flaws within us. Allah says in the Quran, Alif Lamim, it is not possible that we say we are a believer and we will not be tested. However, every single person will be tested in a different capacity because all of us in our iman is at different levels. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will gauge us. He will gauge our iman. He will put us to a test based on the level of our iman. So the question is that how do we handle those challenges when we go through those challenges? Today, inshallah, I want to share with you five things. Five things that you keep in mind, inshallah. Whenever you're going through a challenge, try to keep these five things in mind. Number one, perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a plan for you. A greater plan. Just because you went through a difficulty, it does not mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he despises you, He does not like you, but perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a greater plan. Let me give you an example. Imagine, imagine for a moment here. You heard about an eight-year-old child who was a victim of sibling rivalry and his brothers hated him so much that they tried to kill him. And then not only that, you would think that why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, imagine if you heard this on the news, you would think why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this child go through this? When you think about Yusuf alayhi salam for a moment here, Yusuf alayhi salam was merely an eight-year-old child and his brothers were much older than him. And they despised him. They had, they had jealousy in their heart against him. Not only did they, initially they actually thought about killing him, but they said, let's just put him, let's just put him in the well. And they faked his death by telling Yaqub that a wolf has devoured him. Eventually, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired Yaqub that this is not the truth. But what we learn in the Quran is not only did they put him in the well, but they sold him into slavery. And then after slavery, we know the story of Yusuf alayhi salam, he, he ended up in the palace. And as he grew up, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him beauty. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put him through a mere, a small test. And he was able to pass that test with flying colors. And then after that, he ended up in the prison. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَبِثَ فِي السِّجْنِ بِضْعَ سِنِينَ He stayed there for many years. Now the very first thing that you may ask yourself is, if this is a prophet of Allah, whose father is also a prophet of Allah, why would he go through something like this? But once again, Allah had a plan for him. Think about it for a moment. Had he not been thrown into the well, and had he not been sold, sold into slavery, he would have never ended into Egypt. He would have never ended up in Egypt. That means he would have never ended up in the palace of the king. And he would have never ended up in prison and perhaps see the dream. But for him to become the financial minister and eventually a leader, a primary leader in, this, in the country of Egypt, the very first step for him to be thrown into the well had to take place. 
The point I'm trying to make is, just because we go through a challenge in life does not mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala despises us. Because we often say, why me? Why does Allah pick on me? Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hate me? It's not that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates. Perhaps Allah has a bigger plan in place for us and we're not seeing that right now. So the very first thing is, whenever we go through a challenge in life, Always try to give, put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the benefit of the doubt here. Do not doubt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but rather, as we learn in the hadith Qudsi, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala treats his slave according to their expectations with him. If I sit there and I have negative thought after negative thought about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that's exactly what will happen with us. We go through a challenge that our mindset is that perhaps Allah has a greater plan for us and I put my trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second thing that we do in a situation like that is, of course, we've heard this so many times, make dua. We always hear making dua, and there are times of the day to make dua. But there's two important things I will say about making dua. Number one is, always remember that there are three possibilities of any dua. There are three possible outcomes of any dua. Number one, either Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us exactly what we're asking for. Number two, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us another favor in our life in lieu of that dua. Perhaps you are running late and you got there in time. Perhaps you, were, you had anxiety about a certain matter. Alhamdulillah, let's just say there was a family, there was a, a, a medical problem in the family. You went through a test, you're going through anxiety, and subhanAllah, the test came back that everything is clear. Probably this is, this is perhaps a result of your dua. You don't know about this, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you this. And the third thing is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saves it for the hereafter. And subhanAllah, when a person sees the result of their duas in the hereafter, their dua on the hereafter would be that I wish none of my duas were accepted in this dunya. This is how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give for our duas. So never ever feel that my duas are going in vain. My duas are going to waste. Wallahi, this is the words of the Prophet ﷺ, your dua is going to some use. You may not see it, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows about it. The second important thing about dua is you have to give it time. You cannot expect ameen and khalas results come right away. It does not happen like that. Their stories of the Sahaba are evident about this matter. So many stories, one after another. Umm Salama radiallahu anha, when she was separated from her husband, Abu Salama, and she was separated from her child. No social media, no text messages. She was all alone by herself. Can you imagine the emotional status, the emotional uh, situation? Of that mother, she has no idea where her husband is, she has no idea where her child is. And she was not in this situation for one day, for one week. She would say, I made dua every single day. When did Allah's relief come? It came after one year. You have to give it time. Keep on making dua, keep on making dua. The mother of Imam Bukhari, she says herself, my child, Imam Bukhari, was blind. But I kept on making dua, kept on making dua, kept on making dua. Finally, till the day came that in my dream, I saw Ibrahim salam, And Ibrahim salam gave me the glad tiding that Allah will return your son's eyesight. She never gave up. When we make dua, we have to keep on going. So the very first one was, always have trust in that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a plan. Number two is making dua. Number three, use this as a moment to come close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Because when you remain committed in a situation like this, Allah will always bring relief. The Prophet ﷺ, in the most difficult times, imagine, you know when you're so close to someone and they die, the first thing that you think to yourself is, who's going to fill out that vacancy in my life? Imagine you have a very close relative. You have a, a sibling. You have a parent. You have some community member. You are extremely close to them. Let's just say they passed away. Wallahi, one of the first thing that comes to our mind is, who's going to fill that vacancy? Who am I going to look forward to who's, who's going to fill that vacancy up? This did not happen once with the Prophet ﷺ. This happened twice with the Prophet ﷺ in a span of one and a half months. Khadija passed away, radiallahu anha, and Abu Talib. Abu Talib was the external support of the Prophet ﷺ. Uh, Khadija radiallahu anha was the emotional support that the Prophet ﷺ was always looking for. In a, in a span of one and a half months, Allah took not one, but both away. And when Rasulullah ﷺ at that time, he remained committed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what did Allah give to the Prophet ﷺ? He gave him Isra wal Mi'raj. He gave him a gift. And not only that, such a gift that all the other ahkam were sent via Jibreel Salat was the only hukum, the only command of Allah that, the, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called Rasulullah to himself and gave him, gave him this gift directly from Allah to the Prophet So that is why always remain committed and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring relief. Number four. There are those who in situations like this, they will go away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For these kind of people, Allah says, they will suffer in this dunya and they will suffer in the hereafter. There are those who are always on the edge. If there is good and happiness in their life, they're content. They call themselves a Muslims. Allah says, but if there's a fitna that comes around in their life, they keep on turning. They're always on the fence. Allah says, They will suffer in this dunya and they will suffer a loss in the akhirah. These are the people who are the ultimate losers uh, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has says in the Quran and by the way when we believe when we think you know this is how people become agnostic by the way this is how agnosticism leads to atheism too because when a person is not in that situation then they start to feel where is Allah where is Allah I always I always worship Allah I, where is Allah when I need him the most once again our relationship with Allah is not a transactional one I do for you you do for me that's not our relationship with Allah but when things like this happen and we're always on the fence then we then people start to lead they, you know this leads to them become extremely doubtful in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then they begin to question is there even a God or not because being agnostic means you're questioning whether Allah is there or not being an atheist means you don't believe in any religion to begin with. There's a difference between being agnostic and being an atheist. So this is how many people, they go down this trend and this path because they begin to doubt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Finally, the last thing that when we go into difficulties, how do we console ourselves? By realizing that this is the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the qadr of Allah. مَا أَصَابَ مِن مُصِيبَةٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ إِلَّا فِي كِتَابٍ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنَّ بَرَآهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that no calamity befalls a person except that it was in the book. The book that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wrote. The book of qadr. And that is why there's another hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that tells us that when 
a person, verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put a servant through trial in what he gives him. But if a person is content with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put upon him, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless him in that. And if he is unthankful to Allah in that situation, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put him even through more miseries. So that is why we always understand, we're going through a situation, always put your trust that this is the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And finally, these are the five things. Finally, what dua can you recite? People often ask, give me a special dua. There is no special recipe or special ingredient, okay? The dua that I would suggest everyone, whenever you're in a difficulty, read the dua of Yunus alayhi salam. This is according to the hadith of the Prophet one of the best duas in the state of distress. لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إني كنتم يظالمين. Yunus alayhi salam was in the belly of the well, the darkness. When we go through challenges, darkness is symbolic for challenges. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَاسْتَجَبَنَا لَهُ وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْغَمِّ وَكَذَلِكَ نُنْجِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah says, not only do we save him, but we save the believers. We save those who have iman. So that is why, whenever we're in a difficulty, keep on reading this dua. Not just once and that's it. Keep on reading it. Keep on reading it. And inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always bring relief. So keep these five things in mind, inshallah, at all times. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما إن الذين يؤذون الله ورسوله لعنهم الله في الدنيا والآخرة وأعد لهم عذابا مهينا والذين يؤذون المؤمنين والمؤمنات بغير ما اكتسبوا فقد احتملوا بهتانا وإثما مبينا